today's Leading Women episode 234 with the wonderful Graciela Tiscareño Sato. Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Have a WordPress site or thinking of getting one? Bluehost offers unlimited hosting starting at $4.95 per month. Got your WordPress site hosted somewhere? No worries. Bluehost can help you transfer those domains fast and seamlessly easy. Join me and millions of others who trust Bluehost as our main hosting provider. Sign up today at todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Bluehost. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Bluehost. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Graciela Tiscareño Sato. She is a military veteran, bilingual keynote speaker, and publisher and chief creative officer at Gracefully Global Group, LLC. She helps corporate brands and universities reach diverse audiences using award-winning literature as a marketing tactic. Through live presentations, books, and ebooks, the award-winning education publishing and multicultural marketing firm promotes the innovation, entrepreneurship, and leadership stories missing from mainstream media from the Latino community to mainstream audiences and school districts. Graciela also serves as a STEM consultant for K-College educators. She is the author of two best-selling books, Latinovating, Green American Jobs, and The Latinos Creating Them, and Goodnight Captain Mama, the first bilingual children's book about women in the military. So, women of the world, Miss Graciela Tiscareño Sato. Welcome to the show. Much, Marie. I appreciate you having me today. We are delighted to have you on the show, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So, Graciela, I really like what you're doing with your business. You are a success in your own right. You put in the effort, the sweat equity, the knowledge, and the experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you, and I want to provide that conduit, you know, that bridge between you and our listeners. So, here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment and time about them, but these are just general questions I have in mind. So let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and the idea behind that niche? Absolutely. And I just, um, I want to just thank you for what you're doing because it is this knowledge of others that is critical therapy. So this is very, very important. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It's key. Let me uh, set the stage for this chapter of my life, the entrepreneurship. I always know pursue this way. I'm the daughter of Mexican immigrants, a member of a segment of the U.S. population that has created businesses at two or three times the national average for years, per the Census Bureau. Yet I bet that most of your listeners, like the rest of America, don't know this fact. It's incredible that you don't know that Latinos are creating two and three times the national average of businesses versus anybody else. So this really was my destiny. My father started his tailor shop, his business at age 67, two years after 
retiring, working for others. And my mom, when I was growing up, always found ways to generate additional revenue working from home. So this really is in my blood. This always was going to happen. But before it happened, I attended uh, UC Berkeley on an Air Force ROTC scholarship, and I flew for nine years for the Air Force as an instructor navigator on refueling jets. I traveled the world, and before I got out of the military, I earned a master's degree in international business and marketing. Thank God, because that is very, very important to what I do now. And when I left the cockpit, I went straight into global marketing for nine years before starting my own business. So I think it's really important to have that backdrop so that we can see the progression of where the skills have come from. Because when, when you read everything that's happening now, it, it sounds like a lot, but I remind people, this is a lifetime of stuff that I've been building. So what I'm doing now, Marie, is, this, is the idea is legacy. I'm building an educational, multicultural publishing company. And the legacy idea is this, to create and present a body of work that documents the positive contributions of Latino Americans in the USA today. Not in the past, not 50 years ago, but today, across society, business, entrepreneurship, military roles, education. We have all of this Latino leadership that is not known. And so I'm doing that so that we can kill false stereotypes and motivate the children from the least educated demographic group today towards higher education for the good of our country. And I'm very moved by that idea and creating this niche because... I really believe that persistent negative images and stereotypes uh, do not serve us well, and they must be countered with the positive, excellent, compelling stories. And also because as a marketer, I know that no other publisher is doing this, creating this kind of literature. So one of my pieces of advice always is to differentiate. And so that's really the idea behind this niche. I love what I'm hearing about your business and how it evolved and came into existence. And you've shared some great stories there on how you started from the very beginning, how to, to where you are right now. And I love that you shared that one for our listeners as well. Now, what was that defining moment that prompted you to start a business and made you say, this is my business? Well, I've always been a public speaker since that's just I've always been doing that no matter what my official other was I was always doing public speaking and I've always been writing for a publication. So what led me to write the first book that really made the speaking portion of the business take off and really when I formed the business was hearing these results. There was a, a media study done by a communications professor about how Latinos are invisible in mainstream TV and other media. The number he gave us, Marie, was that less than 1% of news stories are about Latinos. Less than 1%. And when stories do air, 89% of the time, they're not positive. So that professor challenged us at this conference to do anything possible to create the positive storage, stories and the positive images. And it, you know, it was one of those things that happened at the right moment. At that time, I had just published an article showcasing 15 Latino entrepreneurs and innovators in the green economy for a business magazine and presented it at a national conference. And it was right after that that I heard his story. So his inspired me then to decide to write a series of books that has now become the trademarked Latinovating brand that we created. And because of my marketing experience and my academic credentials, I was unable to start speaking on these leadership and innovation case studies as soon as the manuscript was turned into the editor. And that was nine months before the book published. 
So there's a very strong marketing story there. We launched the Latinovating.com website at the time that I was writing the book. And so I was able to start getting the expertise and that experience and that network I was building of innovation and leadership out there. And soon I was speaking at the business school at John Hopkins University in Washington, D.C. So that, that's how it all came together. There's a call to action about how invisible we are. At the same time, as I was publishing positive stories of engineers, entrepreneurs, and business leaders who were invisible. So I think all that together was the defining moment. Well, what a great story and what a defining moment that one is. And, you know, for our listeners out there, the great takeaway or the takeaway here from what Graciela just shared with us is sometimes, you know, that business idea, that great business idea is not going to be so nourishable or may, sometimes it's not, we, we think that it's, we don't know if it's really a great business idea or that moment is not we don't have that defining moment. But at some point, you know, especially like uh, Graciela, she already have the skills that she leveraged on. She was already a public speaker. She's always been a writer. And what, what was the defining moment that when she got uh, this, this, found out the statistics about us, I mean, this is like only 1% of, of, of the stories go mainstream. And that inspired her to go forward and do and, and then speak about this or write about this uh, leadership and innovation and go from there because that was her, 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 that was the moment that she feel like, okay, this is time for it. So for our listeners out there, sometimes that moment um, is not going to be so noticeable. But it, and I hope that some of our listeners also, sometimes they have this... Uh, dramatic event in their life that will that's the turning point for them to go into business but it doesn't have to be that dramatic and i hope it's not going to be that uh, dramatic to, for you to leap into entrepreneurship because if you know that you have to drive for it and if you have a great business idea i believe that you have to push with it and that's the time when you feel like okay this is time for me to leap into entrepreneurship that's one of the greatest moments that will be the, like the defining moment for me because I myself I didn't have that traumatic moment but I knew inside my heart that okay this is time for me to jump in it so thank you for sharing that so that our listeners can see for themselves how as a great business idea come into being uh, how come into come forth and so that they can see for, for themselves how we are how what was that defining moment what, what prompted you to start the business so that for them also okay maybe this is it for me as well I can serve it. So thank you for sharing that. Now, your business obviously has a vision to be the market leader in your industry, and that resonates very well with a particular portion of our listeners. However, they really like to know, what was that compelling vision for your business that continues to drive you towards success day in and day out? Yeah, well, I want to add one more thing about this start. You know, there, there's the difference between idea, which a lot of people have ideas, but then to connect the dots into execution of, of what do I do first? And what I, what I did is I researched when we got the website up and the book was created and now the editorial stage. And I was out there getting paid to speak already. And I did, I think, three different keynote speeches at three different universities. And I got paid to do all of that, obviously, before the book came out. And I was taking pre-orders. And what I was noticing right away is something that if you've written a book and you're a speaker or you're doing one or you want to do one or the other, here's some advice is those who position themselves as speakers with books will be able to create better models that are more sustainable for the long term than somebody who writes a book and positions himself or herself as an author. 
because there's something in the minds of event planners and people who organize corporate events that they expect to pay speakers. But authors, somehow they think authors are free. So that's a marketing tip for you. If you have expertise, you want to go out in the world and start a business with it, please position yourself as a speaker of literature instead of an author. And, and it, you'll know what I mean when the time is right, but that's the vision that propels me towards success. The question you ask me now, you know, one of the things I realized right away is there's not a lot of people writing about Latino leaders and Latino business, Latino entrepreneurship and innovation, and certainly not uh, looking at it from the, the viewpoint of the first book, which is people who are innovating as if the planet matters. I call them environmental entrepreneurs. So a couple of things happened that have really built this vision now, more than that first book. So here it is. The work we do involves uh, writing compelling childhood to higher education to entrepreneurship and leadership case studies. We write these continuum stories so we can and everybody can relate to this. I mean, it's, these are not stories just for Latinos that without Latinos. But anybody that's looking for career advice, anybody that's looking to help their child decide what to study in college, what industries are emerging. We write this continuum from childhood, higher ed, and then leadership and entrepreneurship. That continuum is very important. And what drives me with this vision is a discovery of how many truly innovative Latinos business leaders are inventing solutions to solve environmental and resource problems. Great for Americans, but yet they're not who you're reading back in the pages of Forbes magazine yet. Vision that, that we should be there, we should be visible, we should get that coverage, we should get that attention for the creative uh, contributions. That vision is what's driving me. And so I have a very tangible drawing, Marie, that I'm going to show with you. I drew a picture of a big bookshelf that exists in a couple of decades. And that bookshelf contains many volumes that document the many different leadership examples of Latinos in the USA today. So first, there's the shelf of the Latino dating series that we're developing, environmental entrepreneurs. Next to that is the Dr. Latina series. These are Latinas with doctoral degrees, you know, whether PhDs or EDDs or JD or MD, whole series of profiles of Latinas that are doctors. Next is Latino, Latina engineers, perhaps military officers. I just drew this out of a pipeline of books and eBooks all planned out. So that's the vision. I am running a company that is creating compelling different literature that nobody else is creating. That's my vision. But what I know as a Hispanic-owned, woman-owned, veteran-owned business is this. That I'm not waiting around for some risk-averse publisher in the city that's been around for 150 years to decide that Latino leadership stories are valuable. Valuable to corporate brands, valuable in the educational market. I'm not willing to let somebody else take 90% of the revenue. 90% of the revenue created by books and e-books showcasing how they educate Latinos. No, I'm happy to, to do that. I already know these stories are valuable to many different buyers. And so I'm happy to create the publishing firm at that unique intersection of publishing and marketing that not only is in schools and is informing kids, all, all kids, about what we're doing in this country, but it also, this is very important, helps plans reach the many different segments of the fastest growing ethnic group in the USA, now 50 million strong. 
So we put our literature, both print and digital ebook formats, into global distribution, just like the big publishers in the nation. But uniquely, what I do is when I speak, when I do a corporate uh, keynote speech at a corporate ERG, Employee Resource Group Initiative, something like that, I make sure that everybody in the audience, Marie, gets a copy of the book with a gift from Bring Brand sticker on the cover. So that's a marketing tactic with the long shelf life for the brand that circulates the desired community for years. It's not like a brochure or a keychain or something else and that gets thrown away in the hotel room. Literature goes home, whether it's a business book like the first book we have or whether it's a children's book like Goodnight to Mama, our second book. It's really a unique and differentiated offering that I call targeted branding through that literature. And so this vision I have includes that bookshelf. It includes helping brands reach different segments because we're multilingual, multiracial, multicultural. And who do we reach how is a big question that corporate brands have today. Uh, and my vision also includes being able to do this sponsored branded literature. All right. Now let's talk about how you prepared for success that turned this vision into a reality. Can you share our listeners what are some of your personality traits or your top three personal qualities that help you become a successful entrepreneur that our listeners can learn from? Oh, I love this question. Um, in March, I was in Washington, D.C. There was a recognition from the White House that I was honored to receive. And my congressman brought me into his office and asked me exactly this question. What are the personal traits that helped you become a successful entrepreneur? So I want to share with you exactly what I said. I said tenacity. That's very important. And that includes tenaciously attacking new areas of knowledge needed to master the various roles you need to play as an entrepreneur, especially in the startup phase. And that knowledge, there's many, many areas, as you know, Marie, I'm sure you can attest to that. And you can not be afraid to learn something completely foreign to you. Like, for example, how to set up a commerce site or how to create your speech or how to become registered as a vendor to the federal government. That's a big knowledge, uh, you know, load that I had to take on. But you have to love learning. You have to be able to attack tenaciously seeking knowledge and not be afraid to do it. And that goes hand in hand with the next trait. And that is a total devotion to the social cause and the mission. And I say social cause and mission because I really believe that our literature and my speaking to present the stories that I bring to the world, they're really driven by this mission I described earlier. And the last trait is, this is really important, the ability to delay gratification. And Frank Ramirez, which is one of the first 10 innovators, as I like to call the people in the first book, uh, he pointed this out to me that he admired my ability to delay gratification. Because, you know, if you're someone who expects instant results, you're somehow entitled to quick success, you're going to hate entrepreneurship. But if you're willing to live like others want, to one day live as others can't, because there is going to be that one payoff, you stay the course and stay tenacious, you know, then entrepreneurship really is for you. So I really think those are the important traits, is being tenacious, tenacious knowledge, going out and seeking it, being totally devoted to the cause and the mission, and then that ability to delay gratification. Now I'm willing to work really hard for that prize that I know is there. Wow. 
great traits and qualities that you just shared there. And let me just um, reinstate that one for our listeners as well. So the first one is tenacity. The second one is to being fully devoted to your cause or to your mission. And the third one, which is really huge, is the ability to delay gratification. I mean, in the world today, in the world, in our world today, we're in fast, fast is the thing. It's it's really huge for us to grasp this uh, concept of being able to delay gratification in whatever areas that one is because it's really important to especially for us entrepreneurs there are a lot of things out there that we want to have we want to accomplish but that we have to to know that sometimes it's we have to delay that gratification and we have to have that ability to do that so thank you for sharing this because it's a huge um, trace that we can all learn from and the good news is that we can all cultivate and adapt these traits and in to our lives and in our business building activities as well. So thank you for sharing. Now, let's talk about what happened when you started your journey as entrepreneur. You know, as entrepreneurs, we face daily challenges that define our being. And to get through those challenges takes a very special person. And our audience wants to know that special person you. So what have been your biggest challenges and how have you addressed or overcame those barriers to success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today? So every business owner is told to focus on what customer types. Who's your ideal customer for products and services? We did that in the very beginning, but because of the nature of the exclusive content that we offer, many other customer types and audiences emerged. And that's both for the speaking engagements and the products. So the challenge is not scattering into too many different directions and trying to serve too many different clients. And truthfully, I'm not sure I want to limit the customers we serve because if we can motivate and inspire not only corporate professionals, but also kindergartners with literature, why is that a bad thing? But from a business development point of view, it is a challenge. Content is so helpful and inspirational to so many. And so the challenge becomes to focus on a, I don't go for one, I go for like two or three core clients, client types, and then the rest just comes along organically. And it happens organically versus pursuing all the others. I think that's a really important thing for entrepreneurs is you can get really excited and people tell you, oh, this is this and this, and someone else can do that and you can do that and you can do that. But then you get scattered. So that's been the challenges. But really, who are we serving? But really, where does the revenue come from? So how do we address it? Well, we set up passive income from the ebook and book distribution that we have in again, global distribution and also in the U.S. distributors that serve the school and library market. And so setting that up then frees up my time to focus on the speaking and then the consulting with the school districts as a filing STEM consultant. And then, of course, writing future books. And that's very important to me to keep writing. And plus, I've really had to fend off what I call the idea butterflies that people have presented about other things that I could be doing to generate revenue with what we create. And and really, it is easy to do because I come right back to the legacy I explained earlier. You know, that, that idea to present, create and present a body of work that shows and showcases really the positive contributions of Latino Americans in the USA. If I'm not doing that, if I'm off in the weeds doing something else, then I bring it back around and say, okay. That is, that is scattered, so that's going to just develop organically. So let's come back to the core. That's the challenge, is when other people 
see the value of your work and you start getting all these other seemingly random invitations, you have to really um, control that so that you don't go off in two different um, or 17 different directions and destroy your business model. So that's been a really big challenge. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to those challenges that you've just shared because I too can relate to that, especially really focusing on what's important right now because we are sometimes we are oftentimes pulled in different directions and there are a lot of things that distractions per se can also distract us from focusing on what's really important. But the good thing is that when we share these challenges and how we're able to uh, overcome them, we learn from each other, and that's a good thing about being or uh, having of uh, sharing this because now our listeners can learn from how you were able to overcome these challenges. But the bottom line is for our listeners out there, any challenge that you have in building your business or if you're trying to build your business, don't let that one as a deterrent for you to move forward, but instead to challenge you to keep pushing forward, keep go, keep doing at it because because at some point on, on this art, these challenges are just part of being in business. And even in life in general, we have challenges. What's important is we know how to deal with it. And there are resources out there that we that can help us to overcome those challenges, just like what Graciela just shared with us. All right. I'd love for you just let's, to switch gears for a little bit and talk about work-life balance. You know, being a business owner myself, maintaining a work-life balance is so crucial to overall success in life. Now, the challenge with entrepreneurs is how to click on and click off and create the work-life balance, particularly if you have a family juggling many roles. So in your life as an entrepreneur, how do you maintain this work-life balance and what are some of the ways that you accomplish this in the areas? of your health, your family, your relationships, and your business. So I want to um, share something personal here with your audience because I have a feeling that I'm not alone when I share that I'm the mother of a child with special needs. And I know there's other women out there because I've met them who are doing what we're doing, but then have these other um, obligations. So I have three schools kids the oldest one is blind and hearing impaired and having a child with disability includes stress levels I cannot even begin to describe right now <laughs> especially so because my husband and I decided in the very beginning to become educated in our nation's special education laws before she started school so we have that knowledge and we've spent the hours and hours advocacy and educating and administrators on responsibilities under federal and state laws because many times they don't know what the legal framework is. So that's a whole other level of time commitment that you know, I didn't want to have to make time for that, but apparently I have to. So I, I, because I know there's a lot of other women who have made the choice to run their business because we need, because we have these children that require additional attention and time, we need flexibility. So it, it's almost like a catch when you want to have flexibility, you want to have your own business, but wow, it takes so much time. But then so does your child. But if you work for someone else, you don't have the flexibility. So you kind of go in this vicious circle, right? But eventually, a lot of us go ahead and make that decision for all the right reasons. And we come back around to, okay, now that I've committed to this, how do I make all of this work? And I'll tell you that everything we've done for our daughter, it's been worth it. She's got three impairments, yes. But she loves to read and write and do math. And make handmade scented papers and craft. He's very active, right? So... We, we've made the right choice there. And, of course, there's the other two children, the other two typically developing children who require time, love, and attention. So 
So with all that, how do I cope? How do I do this? So here's what I do. I wake up at five in the morning on most weekdays during school. I'll tell you that during the summer, I'm not doing that right now, but school weekdays, I wake up at five in the morning. I work for two hours and then we wake the kids up and, and get them to school, drop off the husband at the train station. And then I swim, I swim, swim, and I swim. I clear my mind before I start to work. It's very important. I do not read email in the morning like the advises us. Don't read email in the morning. So I don't do it. I just don't go there. And what I do is I'll peek at it at lunchtime and I'll kind of put stars in front of the email I have to respond to. And then I limit my email processing until here it comes 30 minutes before I have to go pick up the kids from after school care. So no kidding. I'm really limited in the email. I use 30 minutes to just go boom, 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 answer some emails. If it requires more than that, I'll do it later after they're in bed. But that is a very important time management uh, thing that I do is I wake up early, don't do email, swim, and then limit the email to the end of the day. And then during the day, I'm actually doing what I need to be doing, business development work or whatever. And the other thing I do, Marie, is I escape twice a month or once a month minimum, I escape to go get a massage. I have to do it. That's like a mental health thing I do for myself to reset. It's very, very important. Another thing I do for balance is I compartmentalize very well. And compartmentalization is the opposite of multitasking. Everybody talks about multitasking. I don't multitask because I think multitasking is a really great way to do mediocre work for everything. So you can be you know, a mediocre mom while you're talking on the phone with your client and then you're not doing either one well. So I compartmentalize. And because of my military aviation career, I really mastered that where you really need full focus on the airplane, focus on the task at hand. The ability to compartmentalize your tasks, your mind, that is really important for my balance. So I have a Monday chart and I have things like content creation. I have one and a half hours on Friday for accounting. I have business development, two hours here, two hours there, two hours there. So that's my baseline. And of course, you know, I deviate from that as appointments, but I have this that I have to do. And so I structure it that way. Another thing is I go into these modes. I go into mommy mode. And mommy mode is never confused with publisher mode, not by me, not by my kids. My kids know the difference. And another thing that's kind of minutia but important, I meet quarterly with my bookkeeper to alleviate, you know, bookkeeping, accounting, and tax prep stress. That's a discipline thing. I just go every quarter, every quarter, every quarter. So if you don't do that, let it pile up, there comes the stress. So another thing I want to share is I have a personal assistant that helps me with the tasks that generate no revenue but can potentially suck my time. And that's maybe six hours a week, but that's very important to buy me that time. Plus, I set boundaries. And this is so important to all entrepreneurs, but especially to mommy entrepreneurs, is I master the art of polite no to request to volunteer for this, that, and the other thing. And I save my precious volunteering time to do twice a year in my children's classroom. So again, it comes back to my kids in the center of everything and the Girl Scout meetings twice a month. So I do stuff in my community that I do with the children in the classroom and I say no to everybody else. It's important that you learn to say no. So those are my tips right there to be able to make 
balance uh, with family, with relationships. And of course, I have an awesome husband supporting in every way of our business. Wow, great tips and takeaways with what you've shared in terms of this work-life balance that we all are challenged with, I'm sure, for a lot of our listeners as well. Well, I love when you said about not checking your email first thing in the morning and to do compartmentalize things, not multitasking. I love the one you schedule activities, you batch them, um, for example, Mondays, Wednesdays, and yeah, Fridays, for example, whatever that your schedule is to batch your activities. And I love that you are really knowing yeah, that on waking up early in the morning and doing your non-negotiable tasks, going for a swim, because it's really important to take care of our health first and uh, to work around your your situation. You know, for our listeners out there, whatever your situation is at the moment, work around it and create that, uh, set your priorities that you, so that you are not neglecting those that are important to you. And and Graciela has given us a lot of tips on how she's able to, to deal with this work-life balance so we can all learn from, uh, from what she just shares. And it's really important also to set boundaries. Know when you need to say no and that you should, that you should not be obliged to say yes all the time if, it's not, if it doesn't consult with your values or with your priorities for the day, for example. Then say no gracefully. It, it's not, it shouldn't be... Um, turn for you to just say yes because for the sake of just saying yes or not uh, or for other people's agenda so thank you for sharing those because those are huge uh, tips that we can all uh, apply or we can all learn from before we get to the highlight of our show let's thank our sponsor podcast your passion yes did you know you can podcast your passion make a difference and make money talking about what you love talking about that's how i get to do what i'm doing talking to wonderful women every day here at Today's Leading Women. Want to learn how I did it? Go to podcastyourpassion.com. That's www.podcastyourpassion.com. Now, I'd love for you to talk about one of the highlights of our show, and that's your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be. You obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience, so take it back to the past. Say you're going to start all over again as an entrepreneur, and you are in a class with other entrepreneurs who are hungry and thirsty for success or even for making that first buck. What types of special suggestions or advice and lessons that you learned would you give your fellow entrepreneurs? knowing where you came from and where you headed at and if you can boil them down to your top three tips or advice what would those three be the very first question to ask yourself all the future entrepreneurs is why why are you making this choice to create your own business because i know that i've read many entrepreneurs say wow if i know what i know now i know because they just didn't know how much work it was really going to be. So I will start with that as number one is why. What is the reason that you're making this choice? For women, many times, it's what I said earlier, is that flexibility of life. Because you had a baby or you had your second or you had your third. You're going to one day have a child and you want flexibility. Uh, write these things down because in three years, two years, when it gets really hard, it's really good to have that written down to remember why you decided to do it. Because that will keep you from getting up because you go right back to what it was that really drew you in the first place. It's really important. In my case, I talked about the flexibility and in our situation with our children and such. And I, I'm going to share this quote. This goes hand in hand with that. Uh, Jackie Kennedy Onassis, this quote. If you bungle raising your children, 
I don't think whatever else you do well matters very much. And so teaching my children entrepreneurship and so that they know that making money means adding value to the lives of others, that they know how to create something from nothing, create from their own minds and serve. I'm showing them that every day with what I'm doing. And they're with me a lot of the time at conferences and at library events. And they see how a business is built. They see mommy in action. My girls get a positive female role model. Oh, and so does my son. So that is my why. Now, why did I want it? I wanted a flexibility, but that why expanded to, I wanted to show my children how you do this. I wanted them to grow and see an entrepreneurial example every day of their lives. So why, why, why? Very important. Number two, it really is all about the marketing and learning to brand and promote yourself and your unique differentiated value. And I know a lot of people who want to do entrepreneurship, you know, they're, they're escaping a corporate situation or an organization or a boss they don't like. So some people go into it as I'm going away from this to something else that they think will be better, but they need to know. And I'm so happy to, to say this now that you need to be absolutely comfortable with being able to brand and promote yourself and your ideas. If you, if you don't want to do that, if you think that somebody else should do your marketing, then again, this might not be for you because it really is all about that, isn't it, Marie? The ability to meet people, to speak about what you do and why it matters in the world and to be compelling and to be differentiated. So it really is all about that and the ability to position your expertise. That's what I would say to the aspiring entrepreneur is get comfortable with that. If you don't have that skill, please get the skill. Bring somebody into your team, an advisory board, somebody that can help you learn that. But at the core, the entrepreneur has got to have at least a basic skill set to brand and promote themselves confidently to be able to attract others to, um, to hire you for what you do. And the third one is I encourage entrepreneurs to write. Not everybody's going to publish. Not everybody's going to be a blogger. But write. Write your expertise. Show the world your expertise. Because more and more, if we can't find expertise pieces that you have authored, that others have published, or that you've contributed to your area of expertise, if we can't find that with a Google search or LinkedIn, then it's going to be a lot harder for you as an entrepreneur because your expertise is going to be less known so please let's get out there and write. And sometimes it's just a simple blog. And maybe you do that before you have a process, you're just kind of contributing. But wow, if you actually have written examples of what you know and why you're awesome and why your your contributions can be awesome to your clients, if, if that's out there, that's really gonna help you with what I said before about the marketing promotion. So write, write and write. Wow. Well, yeah, what a great takeaways and lessons with what you've shared, uh, great business tips that our listeners can learn from and I myself. So the first one is to really ask yourself and know why are you in business? Why are you doing this? Really important to start with that. And the second one is what you said about it's all about marketing and the ability to brand yourself, to be able to differentiate yourself, to be confident in what it is you're, you're putting out there. And the third one is to write, write about your expertise, write a book and 
And I mean, I've heard this so many times. It it's not only uh, establishes our credibility, but it also does the easiest way for us to share our expertise to our listeners, to our readers, to our customers, to our clients. So it's really important to hone in that uh, skill that we, we can write about uh, what we are putting out there. So great tips or great takeaways that uh, Graciela just shared with us that we can all learn from. So thank you for sharing those. Now, what's one favorite business resource or a tool that you use in your business that's radically changing the way you do business that which you can share our listeners with? Oh, my goodness. I, I thought about this long and hard. So I'm going to answer in one that I use as business owner and one tool that is making it possible for us to grow our business. So as the one that I use, is, I'm a heavy user, really, of mobile banking apps, the Quick, uh, QuickBooks on and the Go Payment. So anything where uh, I can pay it on the spot when I speak or we're selling product, positing and accepting payments in the accounting software from the car, my kids off waiting for them. I've got a few minutes. Wow, I can just deposit my checks and do some accounting acceptance payments. I love that. Anything that minimizes the time that I spend doing accounting tasks that bookkeeper can't do, that's a great tool. So I'm a heavy user of Android smartphones, tablets to do those tasks. On the market reach side, it's also, again, the smartphone. And, you know, I read a statistic, or actually heard it on NPR last week, Marie. 300 million smartphones came online on the planet last quarter alone. 300 million smartphones in three months. 100 million smartphones a month. Wow. So whatever reach we had before, now we have more with our digital version of our literature. You know, we're on iTunes, Google Books, Google Play, Kindle, all of that. It's that smartphone. is not the tool. And so for a business owner, what apps do you have? What digital books do you have? What, what do you have out there that can be consumed on the most pervasive technology on the planet now? And that is the smartphones that we all carry. Because when 300 million come on in one quarter, that has just grown our addressable market for decades to come. So definitely the smartphone and those particular uh, tools for us. Yes, I mean, technology nowadays, if we know how to leverage them, it's really uh, help us grow our business and, uh, you know, widen our reach uh, for our clients. And, you know, a smartphone is really making that leap and helping us to reach even more clients. So, yes, absolutely. I'm a big fan of that as well. Now, last but not the least, Graciela, share our listeners what's one big benefit that they can get with your product or your service and where they can get it and what's the best way that they can connect with you and then we'll end from there. Okay. Um, Let's see. The biggest benefit. Well, I'm going to have to answer it like this. If you're working in a corporation, the biggest benefit to bringing me in as a keynote speaker for an event, maybe an event you're sponsoring, or maybe an employee resource group event, or maybe even a webinar. The benefit is this. You will learn about innovative from some truly incredible innovators that are out here leading the way in their own industries. And these are the people I've had the privilege of knowing and writing about. So I will share my story, but the stories of others, other leadership stories, and innovation lessons that employees can use immediately to make daily work uh, more innovative. So that's a really important benefit to those working in corporate settings. Uh, for those charged with marketing and brand initiatives, there's the, uh, the culture, culturally relevant way that I mentioned earlier to reach the different segments of the multiracial, multilingual, multicultural community 
what the target of bread and via literature offering. So that's a long shelf life. That's literature in the hands of attendees that then carry your bread back to their communities and share books with their sister, with their dentist, with the school. That's an important benefit. And lastly, the benefit to school district superintendents, school principals, perhaps even child school, the benefits to them of bringing our literature in or having me come in and do an author visit is that all students can benefit leadership and entrepreneurship case studies and the Captain Mama Aviation book series that we just launched. Because again, to put these ideas in minds, to spark dreams of careers in industries they've never heard of, that's really a great benefit. You know, we're so busy educating, I think we forgot to inspire the kids. So we create the literature that inspired minds and we do things like virtual career fairs too. So all kinds of benefits to Yes. Mm-hmm. And what was the last question? Yes. The, and what's the best way that they can connect with you? Yes. The best way to connect is gracefullyglobal.com. And that's just gracefully and global put next to each other.com. That's the corporate website. Uh, the brands, uh, there's a, a tab there about targeted branding, uh, as I described. Um, also information about keynote presentations and uh, speaking engagements and all of that. We also have the Latinovating, which is the word innovating, L-A-T in front of it. Latinovating.com and CaptainMama.com are the book sites for the literature. And of course, you'll find me on social media at Facebook and LinkedIn with my entire name. And on Twitter, I am Grace with just the Tiscarino next to it. So Grace Tiscarino at Twitter. All right. So that's this website is gracefullyglobal.com. And from that, you can link uh, to her social media profiles and also to check on her two books, The Latino Vading and the other one, the other book, The Good Night Captain Mama. And uh, for our listeners out there, I highly encourage you to check on her websites and learn from what she's putting out there and what she's, uh, what she can do for you. And that's, that again, is gracefullyglobal.com or for check on her book, latinovading.com. We can all learn from this uh, teaching that she's putting out there. So for our listeners out there, that link is gracefullyglobal.com. I'll make sure that all of these resources and the links that are mentioned in today's podcast be available in a beautiful infographic show notes at todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Graciela Tiscareño Sato or just type in her name on the source bar and it will find it for you. But again, that link is gracefullyglobal.com. Graciela, thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time and your inspiring story, your expertise, for being a role model to many, and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today. Women of the world, including me, appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life. Thank you. Can I, uh, can I add one uh, business book recommendation? Absolutely. I wanted to uh, recommend a business book. I saw that question and I, I wanted, this is really an important point. You know, there's so many books out there that are written that have advice that moms running businesses, you know, who have kids, the advice has nothing to do with any of us. It doesn't apply at all. I've <laughs> been raising kids and running businesses. But there's one that is spot on. So if you're a mom or you're going to be a mom one day, learn from 20 model entrepreneurs in one book. There's a book called Mom Entrepreneur 
Extraordinaire. It's a multi-author book published by Thrive Books in San Francisco. Uh, and that's who we teamed up with to produce the innovating book. So 20 women, all mothers, all business owners, are sharing advice that's pure gold to me that I have learned from. And again, it speaks to women, it speaks to moms, and it, it's awesome from page one to the last page. So I wanted to definitely recommend that to you, Mom Entrepreneur Extraordinaire. Oh, I'm definitely going to check that one out. So it's Mom Entrepreneur Extraordinaire. I'll have that one on our show notes as well. So thank you for sharing that. That's a great resource that I'm definitely going to be checking out myself. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Marie. All right, TLW listeners, did you love this episode? Here's your chance to recommend or vote for your favorite today's leading woman. Here's how to do it. Step number one. After you listen to this episode, go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Step number two, click the rate and review button. Step number three, say that you love listening to today's Leading Women podcast. Step number four, type in the name of your favorite today's leading woman. Example, Sheryl Sandberg of Facebook, Ariana Huffington of Huffington Post, Oprah of Oprah Winfrey Network. You get it, right? Step number five, type your first name and where you are listening from. Every day, I will personally go through all of your ratings and reviews and scour the names of your favorite today's leading women. You will get to be featured as TLW Fan of the Day with your name and where you're listening from. And you'll be the first one to get notified when your favorite today's leading woman is featured on the show. Fair enough? Awesome. Go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Feeling inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top 10 resources that today's leading women use to stay at the top of their game, plus Marie's favorite today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash guide for your free download, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg.